Hello, hello, welcome and welcome back to your next pit stop, the one pit stop you should be taking to know everything there is to know about Formula One. So, um, I know I haven't done this in a while. We had a first double header of the season and I took a double vacation. Um, okay, so I'll tell you. I was after Portima, um, I, I thought, you know, it's the first double header of the season. Might as well take full advantage of it and then, you know, cover Portima and Barcelona together. But what my stupid brain did not realize was that if I go to cover Portima after Barcelona, it does not make any sense to talk about Portima then. Because I mean, everyone's talking about Barcelona. So then um, I realized this when I was going through my notes for the podcast, by the way. So then um, I just scrapped all of it off. And then I went to a new idea, which I'll tell you shortly about. But before that, it's race week. And more than that, it's the Monaco Grand Prix. And I mean, anybody who knows me knows that Monaco is one of my favorite tracks. It's one of my favorite circuits on the calendar. And um, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So, it, see, firstly, it's a street circuit. which And it's it's a beautiful track, right? Like, it's tight and it has a tunnel and all of that jazz. So, it's really cool. But more than that, there's a story behind it. So, as most of you might know, I started watching Formula 1 because of Drive to Survive. And season 1 of Drive to Survive was uh, in Daniel's last year with Red Bull. So, um, that was 2018. So, after a disaster of a race that he'd had in Monaco in 2016, where he did not win because of no fault of his, because there was a miscommunication with the crew, and uh, he was called in for a pit stop and nothing was ready, he redeemed himself in 2018. And they've shown it so well in that episode called Redemption. And it's just like, whenever I'm having a bad day, I'll just go back and watch that episode because it's so good. So, you know, in 2018, that weekend was his. He was flying through practice, he was flying through qualifying, he was not pole. And um, even though he had an engine problem um, where he couldn't go past the sixth gear, he won the race, fair and square. And just the joy that you feel when you see that episode, when you see Daniel Ricciardo winning, is unmatched it's it's it, you can't compare it to anything it's just absolutely beautiful absolutely gorgeous it just you know even talking about it is giving me goosebumps right now so if you haven't seen that episode please go back and see that episode or just go back and see that race honestly because um yeah they, you know last year when the races were cancelled and uh, formula one was you know um, streaming all races on the YouTube channel. They streamed Monaco 2018, and I was I just sat there the entire time watching it, not doing anything else because it was that it was that good. Now Monaco is also attached with the glitzy and the glamorous life of Formula One drivers and the people who come to watch it. So you know it has the glitz and the glam, and it has that beautiful track and the circuit, and so yeah, I just love Monaco. So I'm very excited about that and um, oh yeah I should tell you so FP1 and FP2 are on Thursday that is the 20th of May that is tomorrow and um, then we have FP3 and qualifying on Saturday as usual and then the race on Sunday. Uh, they have nothing on Friday because it's some sort of holiday in Monaco so the weekend is from 20th to 23rd May but Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah now about this podcast. So after my 
brilliant brain realized that it should not be covering those two races um i also realized that there's there are a lot of people who are new to the sefan community right and because they are new to the community there's a lot of terms that you know people just very casually throw around that sometimes people do not understand that they do not get so i mean you know if i'm talking to a friend who also likes sefan a lot and is as crazy about it we will very casually throw around like you know understeer or oversteer the apex with the chicane you know stuff like that and to us it's clear what it means but to someone who's new they will struggle with it because also while you're watching the race on sky sports or hotstar you can hear crafty and drunkle talking about all these things right but um they usually sometimes they do explain what it is but you know you just miss that and all the action that's going on so um i'm going to do my best to explain these terms to you because i know how much i struggled with it when i started following formula 1 so yeah <laughs> so i'm just going to do my best to you know sort of um how can i say this to sort of um it very clear to you i can i'm going to do it concisely in a way that's easy for you to understand and it's easy for me to explain as well so yeah let's just dive right into it but um, before that um i have a feeling it's going to be a fairly long episode about 30 minutes or so and i'm f- very certain that after a moment in time you will get exhausted because there's a lot of information coming your way i know i'm going to be exhausted while i'm recording this so i suggest it's it's me earlier suggestion to you know pause this grab your favorite juices grab your favorite drinks wine beer grab whatever makes you happy grab a plate of food and just sit and then listen to me talk about things you probably or probably don't care about i don't know but um yeah now we can get into it after you've settled in with everything that you love and that you like and um me so yeah let's get into it so first up we have the paddock obviously so the paddock is a place where the public is not allowed uh you need paddock passes to enter it's an enclosed area behind the pits where only people working in that race are allowed So obviously drivers are allowed race directors are allowed the FIA officials are allowed the team is allowed the crew is allowed the journalists are allowed but only the people who are working in that particular race or unless you have purchased a paddock pass you are not allowed in it it's a restricted area then we have strategy now strategy is fairly obvious it's uh, but mainly it concentrates on tire strategy right so it goes a long way so strategists um are one of the a strategist is one of the key roles in an F1 team a strategy a strategist is all about you know planning for different scenarios and then executing those at the right time at the right place now if you if you've seen barcelona you know that it was a strategic masterclass by mercedes right they took red bull by surprise they got the race into their hands and they won fair and square it was a beautiful strategy when they called hamilton in for a surprise pit stop that nobody was expecting so you know like that strategists have to be very smart about all of this they have to think on their on their feet constantly and you know just make decisions on the fly now red bull also had to react to the mercedes strategy to the lewis hamilton pit stop so it's a very important um factor that comes into 
play into deciding the fate of that race, right? About who's winning and who's coming in what position. So strategy is extremely important. While we're talking about strategy, what's also important is sometimes when you hear the radios, if you hear them, uh, you'll hear the engineer saying to the driver, go for plan A, plan A, plan A, plan B, plan B, plan C, whatever. So I think, so I don't think, I know that these are within the team decisions, within team decisions that are taken before the race, right? So there's after the sessions that happen and there's a million possibilities that these teams plan out. There's a lot of planning that goes into a race. So they think of a million different possibilities and they think of a million different what ifs. So if this happens, I will do this. If this happens, I will do this. So according to what's happening in the race at that moment in time, they instruct the driver what plan they should go for. So now if you remember from Austria 2020, I think, um, McLaren gave Lando scenario 7 push. So that made him that made it very clear to him that because he was in the last stages of the race, his engine is in full power and he has to push, push, push and get that podium. So it's these little code words that these teams have about the plans that they've constructed about that driver. And it also differs from driver to driver, from team to team. So yeah, these are plans that these teams have, plans, scenarios, call, call them what you may. And if you hear a sort of, I don't know, some child screaming in the background. It's coming from somewhere. I don't know. But yeah, I'm sorry. Now, with that, we also have box, box, box or pit, pit, pit. Now, that is, again, fairly obvious. Um, when when you call your driver into pit is up to you, is up to the team, is up to the strategist. But it's important to call your driver in because it's nearly impossible to finish a race on the tires you started on. Because you cannot manage your tires that great. Um, and tires don't last that long because because of the amount of pressure you put on them, because of the track temperatures and all of that, it's it's impossible to, you know, work with tires for that long. So box, 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 so pit, pit, pit is a call to the driver to come into the pits, get his tires changed and then move on with the race, right? Now, a pit stop also takes out about a good 20 to 25 seconds of your time depending on how efficient your crew is. Now, if they fuck up a lot, like if they fuck up, it will take a good amount of time. Like, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds, 15. We've also had 50 seconds long pit stops with Hamilton, by the way. So, you know, they can either go completely right or completely wrong. But um, yeah, box, 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 pit, pit, pit is a call to the driver to get into the pits and get the tires changed. So with that, we can talk about um, tire compounds. So it is the type of rubber compound used in the construction of the tire. We basically have, essentially we have three, softs, mediums, and hards. So soft, soft tires have a red line on them and they're the fastest tires there are. And they take the least amount of time to heat up, like to warm up and start, you know, performing. The hard tires have a white line on them and they take the longest to heat up so yeah and then we have the mediums which is average in between the mediums have a yellow line on them so uh, the type of tire compound that you use depends on the type of socket you're on and it depends on what you have available so so yeah tire compounds that's that um with that we also have the intermediate and the wet tires which are used in case of rain uh, which is the same there's no difference there's no like it's there's 
all of them use the wet tires or all of them use the intermediate tires so yeah that's about it but the wear time also differs from all of these so i think the soft tires have the smallest life whereas the hard tires have the longest life if i'm not wrong cross check that but yeah okay with that now we have the apex so now the apex the apex is the middle point of a corner that the drivers aim their car at now you've seen race tracks in formula one you know that they have a lot of corners and turns now on these corners the middle point of their corner of that particular corner is what the drivers aim that aim at while they're going through that corner like that is how the racing line goes for them so yeah that that's the ideal way to turn through a corner talk about the infamous drs the drag reduction system now it's a system that's created basically to boost overtaking and it is used particularly in races when the gap is and um, so how it works is when the gap is less than one second between two cars for the car that's behind the rear wings open up thus giving it you know more force with the wind to help push the car forward and then overtake the car in front of you now um it is an electrically governed system as well but drs only happens in certain parts of the track and these parts are pre-decided and you know it's obviously made very clear to the drivers and the teams but these parts are pre-decided on the track when drs opens up and drs usually opens up after i think the second or third lap of the race now if i'm the car behind and there's a car in front of me and i am within one second of that car in the drs range my wings will open up i will have that extra force and then i just have to do my best to overtake that car so yeah drs is great um we also have penalty and penalty points now penalty is awarded to teams and drivers um when there's something done that's not safe or legal uh during the race there's two types of penalties which is a stop go penalty or a drive through penalty which i'll talk about later but um yeah penalties are during the race there's these, these two there's also cash penalties and all of that jazz so yeah but um what's more interesting is penalty points now what the thing with penalty points is they're put on the driver's license that they have these f1 drivers and um every time you do something that attracts a penalty or attracts a black and white flag to you uh penalty points are put onto your license now if you cross 12 penalty points you will get a race ban it does not matter if you are nikita mazepin or you are george russell or louis hamilton or daniel ricardo it does not matter who you are but if your license has 12 points or more you will get a race ban now the way these penalty points work is that if i get a penalty if i get two points on my license on say 12 september 2019 these two points will expire from my license on 12 september 2020 they only have the life of one year but if somehow within a period of you know that given period of time within a year you manage to earn yourself 12 penalty points man you're banned from a race and that's just how the system works so yeah and i think the maximum penalty points right now is 6 um two people have them hamilton lewis hamilton so lewis hamilton and george russell hmm interesting but yeah those two have 6 penalty points at the moment okay so now about the drive through penalties and the stop go penalty 
So the drive through penalty is given out by stewards while the car is still running. So it will be like if I have a drive through penalty when I'm on the racetrack, I will enter the pit lane. I will not go beyond the speed limit, which is which is permitted in the pit lane. And I will not stop in the pit lane. And then I will get out and rejoin the race. Now, as you probably already know, a pit stop can cost you from about 20 to 25 seconds in a race. If you're not stopping, cut out 5 seconds from that. So, you know, like a good loss of 10 to 15 seconds is your drive-through penalty. Now, a stop-go penalty is when you're asked to enter the pit lane and you stop your garage. And for either 5 seconds or 10 seconds, it's usually 10 seconds. And in those 10 seconds, you are not allowed to change your tires or refuel your car. Now, usually, now obviously, refueling does not happen in F1, but earlier it used to. So, you're not allowed to change your tires in those 10 seconds. You're just stationary. You're just there. And then you move out again. That's your stop-go penalty. Now, after that, we have back markers and blue flags that is being talked about a lot recently. Uh, so, back markers are drivers at the back of the field who are usually lapped. Now, I am Lewis Hamilton, I'm leading the race, and um, you know, I have a fair bit, I have a fair amount of lead. Now, it does not necessarily mean that every car is doing well, right? We have the Haas's and the Williams at the back who are not doing so well. So if I've completed a lap and these people are still finishing that lap, then they're called the back markers because I will overtake them. I will go ahead of them and I'll continue my lap, meaning they have, they've been lapped. So there's essentially a gap of a whole lap between Lewis Hamilton and these cars. Do you get that? I mean, I'm drawing circles on my pillow as I'm explaining it to you, but I don't know if you're understanding that. So yeah. Now, blue flags are used to indicate to the back markers that the leader is behind you and you need to move to the side so the leader can go past you. So, these exist so that, you know, these back markers don't compromise the race of the leaders. And it's extremely important. It's very essential because, you know, I mean, what will you do if, like, Nikita Mazepin is obstructing or compromising Lewis Hamilton's race? That's just not how it works. So, yeah, back markers and blue flags, that's that. If you remember Barcelona, there was this uh, radio that they showed us from Toto Wolf to the FIA and he was screaming about blue flags because Nikita Mazepin was not moving. So yeah, um, then we also have blistering and tire wear and degradation, essentially the same. So what ha it usually happens when a tire overheats. So when a tire overheats, the rubber on the tire softens and then it starts breaking away. So there's wearing on the tire. The rubber starts coming out, which means you know what it means. You, you've seen what it looks like. So it can be caused by track temperatures that are way too high by too much pressure on the tires or like if you've chosen the wrong tire for that particular circuit. So tire wear is very common in Formula 1. It depends on, you know, how you manage your tires. If you, if you remember from last year, I think it was Silverstone sometime in October where Hamilton finished the race on three tires. It's bad. It's very bad. But yeah, cool. So then we have the chassis, which is very talked about in Formula 1. Now, a chassis is a main part of a racing car to which the engine and, and the suspension are attached. And it's a very important part of design. It basically dictates and governs 
you know how good your season is going to be now jadwal has always been great at designing the chassis uh, mclaren has done a fairly good job so has mercedes obviously now yeah then we have a chicane now a chicane is a tight sequence of corners in alternate directions often used to slow the cars down yeah i think it explains itself cool then we have cleaner now as is obvious by the name it is cleaner it is air that allows the car to function at maximum capacity it allows the car to function at its full potential now it is often available in plenty to the leader because there's no car in front of him now if you know you've seen it on a roads too like the, every car gives out a lot of fumes and there's a lot of pollution so in f1 cars you you know that these f1 cars are cutting through air at the speed that they're going so now if i don't have clean air in front of me it will impede me it will distract me it will not allow me to move at the speed that i actually can so clean air is air that is very clean which means that there's no car for a foreseeable distance in front of me which is um destroying the quality of the air in which i'm running yeah debrief so a debrief is usually a session that happens after an on track session it's a meeting between the drivers and the engineers in which they discuss performance strategy and setup so if you think that you know these their driver the drivers days ends after end after practicing or qualifying or race or races they don't after all of these they sit down and they analyze data and they go through data um from their cars from their other drivers cars from the other cars and then they decide as to what the next step should be how they can improve on these things they discuss the good things the bad things what should be worked on what should not be worked on what's absolutely perfect and then these things help them prepare for race day so yeah debrief sessions are those um a delta time so the delta time is the time difference between two different cars or two different laps so if you've seen a race you know that on the left side you see these race standings right now whoever the first driver is let's say hamilton it will say leader next to it now if the second driver is verstappen it will go like plus 0.5 seconds then valtteri bottas plus 0.8 whatever so the dif- that time is the difference between these two cars it is that is known as the delta time or it's also the time difference between two laps now suppose in qualifying i've set a lap time of um 115 right and in on race day i've set a lap time of 116 so the difference between those two times is delta time yeah then downforce it's clearly force that's applied downward to move the car forward to improve traction and handling through corners now downforce is extremely important um to maintain grip and traction and balance of the car so yeah then we have the drag which is the aerodynamic resistance felt or experienced as the car moves forward so as i explained to you that it's cutting through air so the resistance that it feels from the wind that's blowing in their faces like not technically but yeah that is known as drag then uh, we have the driver's briefing so it's a meeting it's a little classroom like situation which is a meeting of drivers and the FIA race director of that particular grand prix regarding uh, where they discuss everything so i think up until 2018 
all uh, clips of these driver briefings used to be uploaded on youtube now they're not but it was always a lot of fun to watch them i still go back and watch them sometimes because it's literally like a little classroom where you know pe- the drivers are behaving and like, there's a principal and a teacher and that's just the notorious kids in the back and it's it's great then we have lockups and flat spots now lockup is probably something you've heard of a lot in a race so i mean it's also very common and um i think at least five drivers lock up in one race so a lock up is when a driver brakes very sharply in which one tire locks up entirely and the other three keep rotating so yeah essentially that the side effects of this are that there's a lot of tire smoke that comes out and then there's a flat spot so you already you probably have already noticed that the smoke that comes out in these lockups and flat spot is when too much pressure is applied on the same spot on a tire over and over again which causes it to wear out and then it just becomes flat right which obviously means that it will impede your performance on track so yeah now we have uh, the formation lap so it is the lap before the start of the race where the cars do their best to warm up these tires and get in position get in grid position for the race after the formation lap the lights go out and the race begins now before even before the formation lap we have a reconnaissance lap <laughs> this is a lap where drivers leave the pits to assemble on the grid so there's a there's this lap and then there's the formation lap and then the race starts you get that i hope you do cool then we have gravel traps now a gravel trap is usually outside corners and it is a bed of gravel which is to stop the cars that stray from the track so suppose i'm going through a corner at a very high speed but i lose control of the car now that does not mean that these people that the fia just leaves me to crash into the wall right so outside of the corner there's a gravel trap where if the cars go there the car slow down quite a bit the car just stops because obviously you know these tires don't walk in gravel so the cars just stop there and it's mainly there for protection and safety now grip grip is the amount of traction a car has at any given point and it is to gauge how easy it is for a driver to control the car to control his car now if he has a good amount of grip that means he can control the car and you know decide where he wants to go but if the grip is not as great the car will decide where he should go if that makes sense to you yeah now jump start as i told you after the formation lap the driver the drivers take grid positions right now a jump start is when before the five lights have gone out the car is out of place now if only four lights have gone out and i start the car and then i stop realizing that the fifth light has not gone out that is a jump start and i think um valtry did it in some race last year i'm not very sure but yeah, and it's usually penalized so there we go now a marshal a marshal is an officer who ensures safe running of a race he will act as a fire warden he'll pull out drivers from the car if they've been stranded um they will act as um the medical staff and they will also use flags to indicate the track condition to the drivers the yellow red flags i will talk about them later but yeah so marshals basically you know did you ogs 
now um oh god the understeer and the oversteer so the understeer is when the front end of a car does not want to turn into a corner and goes wide as the driver turns into the apex so the understeer is when the front end of a car does not want to cooperate with you and oversteer is when the rear end of the car does not want to cooperate with you that's what it is now the park fam so it is a fenced off area into which the cars are parked and driven and parked after qualifying and the race and uh, no one can touch the cars these cars without FIA inspection no one cool then we have the pit wall the pit wall is where the engineers strategists managers principals and owners sit while the race is on they have all these computers put up they have the cool headphones in and they're just seeing the race and no yeah cool then as a pole position as i've already explained it before pole position is first place on the grid as a result of setting the fastest lap in qualifying then protest now as it might be obvious by the name it is formal action lost by a team against another team or competitor when they think they're doing something illegal something that's not allowed in the books of the FIA now if you remember last year um red bull McLaren and Renault these three I remember I think Williams was in there as well they lodged a formal protest against Racing Point because they believed that they'd copied the 2019 Mercedes which I think we all know but I'm just going to I'm not going to talk about that but yeah so protest is the lodging of a formal complaint against a team or a competitor now a retirement a retirement is when a car drops out of a race because of a mechanic because of a mechanical or an engine failure or an accident now if i'm running in a race and i just you know i crashed into someone and then my front wing has flown off and the car is in no condition to be driven in i will retire from the race if um my engine just stops working and i stop in the middle of the track i will retire from the race and i will be classified as a dnf did not finish now the safety car now it is a vehicle that comes out when the yellow flags are called and it is called from the pits to run in front of the lead car and guide the pack in an event that the cars need to be slowed down uh, i will talk about this more when i talk about the yellow flags but there's a safety car and then there's a virtual safety car i'll talk about those scenarios too this year we have to absolutely beautiful safety cars man we have the red ones by the mercedes and the green ones by aston martin beautiful okay now sectors so a circuit or a track is divided into three parts so sectors for timing purposes so sector 1 2 and 3 no matter what track you go to no matter what circuit you go to you will have sector 1 2 and 3 now the interesting part slipstreaming So a slipstream is a driving tactic when a driver catches the car ahead of him and ducks behind it to benefit from the reduction in drag and hopefully maximize it from maximize from it in the next corner. Now I'm going to try and give you an example for this. So um I think this happened in qualifying for Russia last year if I'm not wrong where Valtteri did it. So it can be intentional or un- unintentional. So suppose I'm Valtteri Bottas, I'm running in qualifying, and I know that Hamilton has taken P1. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right example to give, but I'm just going to go ahead with it. So I know Hamilton has taken P1, and I know that the best place to start in Russia is P1 or P3, not P2. 
So what I'm going to do is, I'm Valtteri Bottas. I'm going to give a slipstream to Max Verstappen. Now, you know, I remember I told you that you're cutting through air when a car is going at that speed. And you, I told you what drag is as well. Like, it's the resistance that you feel. So if, I have, if I'm Valtteri Bottas and I'm running at a very high speed and Max Verstappen is behind me, I know he's behind me and I'm intentionally letting him stay there as well so if so he gets clean air and then he can maximize on it in the next corner does that make sense to you i mean i i understand it because i'm doing actions with my hands here but i don't know because you can't see them so um you know it's basically that where i'm giving advantage but it's, it's an advantage for the driver behind me whether clean it's like basically clean air helping him out right and it can be intentional or unintentional but yeah now traction you you hear this a lot in formula one as well so traction is the degree to which a car is able to transfer its power on track for forward progress i think that's pretty self-explanatory yeah now tire warmers or blankets now if you remember uh the i think it was monza or mirjada last year where there was a red flag and the race was stopped and Kimi was on the radio like get the gloves, get the gloves, get the warmers, get the blankets. Tire warmers or blankets are basically an electric device that is wrapped around the tires before they are fitted on the car. So they start at their or close to their optimal temperature. So now these tires obviously have an optimum working temperature. I mean it's Formula 1 everything is very complicated. The working of a car is very complicated. But um, there's an optimum temperature at which these cars operate. The tire blankets are put on these tires to maintain that temperature. Because if it goes higher or lower, it will affect the race. It will affect the car and you do not want that. Which is why they are used. Now, the halo. So now the halo is an addition for um, safety to the car. Like a halo on the top of the car to protect the heads of the drivers in case of an incident or an accident. And um, I think last year the halo really proved how important it was for it to be there when the roaming Grosjean incident happened and it's just absolutely necessary because even if they're wearing a helmet it's not entirely foolproof a halo is just an additional layer of safety that you need and i'm so glad that it exists cool now the flags so the yellow flags so in case of the yellow flag the race is not stopped the race is still on but under the supervision of a safety car or a virtual safety car now these safe now these two safety cars they will lead the race they will be ahead um but the cars behind us slowed down now overtaking or speeding in the presence of a speed safety car is not allowed and um yellow flags usually come out when there's been a minor incident and there's some debris on track which needs to be cleared so you know it's not that huge that the race needs to be stopped entirely but there's just some debris which can affect the running of the race so the safety cars do that and also yellow flag is when most teams decide to go for a pit stop because it's advantageous yeah then we have the red flags now in case of red flag a race is stopped now it's usually when there's a major crash or incident that's happened or there's a lot of debris on track. I can give you examples for both. Last year, it happened during the Roman Grosjean incident, which is which is which is so horrific and so bad. 
but yeah that that is a big example of when a red flag can be called or recently it was at imla where there was that crash between valtry and russell and there was so much debris on track which need to be cleared and so there was a red flag that was called because i mean when the cars have been damaged to that amount there's a lot of pieces that just get flown off onto the track and if any other car runs on that or runs through that through that their race will also be compromised and affected now after the red flag there's usually three types of starts that can happen a standing start a pit lane start or a rolling start so a standing start is uh, cars are standing still when the race begins so cars are completely still when a green signal is given to start the race and is followed by a countdown so it's like your usual race like without the formation lap obviously but um yeah that's about it that's the standing start then you have the pit lane start so a pit lane start is when the cars line up at the pit exit and go when the light goes green and if you if i if i remember correctly this was after the mala red flag yeah now rolling start rolling start is when a cars are ordered on track and are led on a certain number of laps by the safety car even after the red flag now that's a rolling start now a black flag a black flag is usually accompanied by a car number and signals that the car is disqualified from the race now these used to be given very frequently earlier now they're not but yeah there's also a black and white flag which is shown with the car driver number but with the driver number sorry and it's used to point out unsportsmanlike or dangerous behavior yeah now about the last two things purple sector and fastest lap so purple sector purple sector is the fastest time set in that particular sector by a driver and the fastest lap or the purple lap is the fastest time ever on that particular track and it's extremely advantageous because if i'm running in a race and i'm and i'm in the top 10 and i've set the fastest lap i get an additional point if i'm not in the top 10 and i set the fastest lap i don't get any points but if i'm in the top 10 i do now towards the end of the race where you go like now the leader is far ahead of me i am in a position and i'm p2 and the car running in p3 is at least a whole pit stop behind me in 24 seconds then i can very comfortably pit switch to f- the soft tires which are fresher and then try and set the fastest lap so this is also where strategy comes into play because the fastest lap every point makes a difference in formula 1 so yeah i think that's all i have for you um my mouth is dry right now because of how much i've talked for the last 37 minutes or so but yeah i'm i'm hoping all of this is very clear to you all now and if you have any doubts just please feel free to email me or just hit me up on twitter or instagram and i will do my best to answer your questions and help you out maybe yeah that's about it thank you so much for tuning in i'll be back next week Yeah no more breaks for at least a month i promise okay bye